What are the most amazing running and hiking routes in the world? Who did them and how fast? Welcome to the exciting new world of fastest known time, commonly known as FKTs. This podcast is produced by fastestknowntime.com, a website where you find out what's new and cool, plus track FKT efforts taking place right now. On this podcast, we'll meet the remarkable athletes who have established some of the best FKTs, ask them how they did it, and find out what it means to them. And we won't waste any of your time. The Fastest Known Podcast delivers great info to you in just 30 minutes so you can get back to your run, which of course is more important. Welcome back to the Fastest Known Podcast. Today we're talking with Joe McConaughey, a.k.a. Stringbean, a resident of Boston, Massachusetts. Stringbean is known for doing the Pacific Crest Trail, FKT, back in 2014, and the Wicklow Round in Ireland this last year, 2018. But he's best known for doing the Appalachian Trail, a new FKT, and done self-supported. Actually, it was the overall FKT done self-supported in 2017. Welcome to the podcast, Joe. Thanks for having me on, Buzz. Well, let's talk about the AT for a minute, because that was dramatic. We had some of the best (laughs) ultra runners in the country going after it, supported one after another. Uh, We had Scott Jurek, and the next year we had Carl Meltzer. And then you took time. You took 10 hours off of Carl's supported FKT going self-supported. So you had the overall and the self-supported at the same time. That was an amazing accomplishment. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's still a little baffling to think about myself. It's still a little baffling. <laughs> you mean to think that you could do that well, or? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I certainly went in with the intentions of of going for both records, right? Like I, I definitely wanted that, but um, and was was gunning for that from the start, but still thinking about uh, being able to finish that and cover that much ground. Um, especially having done the Pacific Crest Trail, you know, I, I pretty much matched the distance per day that I did on the Pacific Crest Trail, but without a support crew, um, you know, carrying a lot more weight on my pack. Um, it's it's just a little uh, a little crazy, even to me sometimes. Well, of course, a friend of yours, Carl Sabe, came out and just knocked it out of the park uh, this last year with a supported, clarifying that, with a supported run. But he took four days off. That was that was incredible. But at the same time, people are saying, yeah, and Stream Bean, you know, did it uh, self-supported. So, they're, you know, obviously, Carol has the overall, but people are still holding up your self-supported time as being very worthy. Yeah, I, I think they're, they're very – very different experiences, but when you go off and beat someone's record by four days, <laughs> you know that that's kind of blowing someone out of the water. Um, but I've I've the utmost respect for him, um, and and having done you know both self-supported and supported type of of event like that, I'm very happy with the self-supported attempt that I went after and and with my effort and and no, uh, you know I I best I put my best foot out there when I when I was on the trail in 2017. And according to reports, your best foot wasn't feeling so good afterwards. <laughs> I'm reading that after the PCT, you were doing three months after it, you were doing more physical therapy than trail running. And then uh, Outside Magazine reported contacting you after the AT 
And it's, uh, I'll quote, blisters and sores everywhere, strains and possible tears in both hands, strings, an infected foot, and an injury behind one knee. So uh, is that an exaggeration or is this just big efforts that require a lot of recovery? It really is just big efforts. Um, and the weird thing is you get injured like that, uh, but your body actually recovers on the trail. So I had multiple, um, what I think, you know, looking back on would be diagnosed as like micro tears in my lower quad that would then cause my whole knee to swell up the size of a grapefruit. And then I'd have to hike on that for, you know, two days. I couldn't run on it. So I'd hike on it for two days. And then that would swelling would start to go down with some elevation at night. And, uh, you know, the, the muscle would heal to the best it could. And I'd be back running two or three days later, um, mostly pain-free. So it's, it's this weird sort of cycle of, of injuries and, and deteriorating health that you sort of manage for the course of 45 days. And, you know, I had a, things can turn so quickly on you with my foot, um, my right foot, I was running on it. It felt like I had a rock in the bottom of my foot and I looked and there was nothing there. It had rained the day before. Um, so the trail was still a little bit wet. My shoe had gotten soaked. And what had happened was sort of dust, um, and sediment had dried at the bottom of my, uh, at the sole of my foot that caused rubbing and an actual sore, you know, maybe the size of, uh, like half the size of your pinky fingernail in my, in my foot that I was running on, um, for the rest, for the last like two weeks of the trail, um, which helped a little bit with some antibacterial cream, but, um, you know, I was finishing, finishing the run with all those kind of injuries that had stacked up and beaten me up. Um, and especially at the end, I, I was very, uh, malnourished looking <laughs> and battered. Wow. What's there not to like, Joe? I mean, you're talking <laughs> into this, I guess. How could any of us resist spending 45 days uh, doing that? But uh, ser more seriously, congratulations. And we also could note, and correct me if, if, if this is not your impression, that Carl did something else besides take four days off. He finished looking pretty good. Am I mistaken on that? Yeah, I'd say he finished looking better than I did. I mean, he finished strong, which is hard to do uh, in any kind of effort. But I think having his Pacific Crest Trail background, uh, you know, we've talked pretty extensively about both our attempts. And I think we both, you know, have taken a lot of learnings into our, you know, second major trail attempt like that, that we've both taken on. And not having a support crew really does take it down a notch for what you're able to do for yourself and provide. Um, and I think having that crew, you know, allows you to get the calorie intake as much calorie intake as you can have at least. Um, and he certainly finished strong and, and decently healthy um, and didn't seem to have any kind of injuries or, or real hiccups on, on the way, which certainly was not my experience. <laughs> or anyone else actually. Anyone That's true. Else? So let's clarify this. Uh, just put a real finer point on it. Going supported, if you have a good crew and a good plan, which a lot of people do not, but if you got that together, you're going to come into camp, so to speak, which is usually a van, uh, either hopefully late afternoon, early evening, and not at night, and you're going to kind of just do a face plant, and then someone's going to put food in your mouth, take off your shoes, and take care of any blisters, et cetera, et cetera, and you're going to sleep, you're going to rest, and you're going to eat, and then early the next morning, they're going to shove you out the door and you're going to get moving. But if you're self-supported like you are, that person is you. 
you're going to get it underneath your stupid little poncho tarp in the rain, <laughs> right? And with your stupid little headlamp, and you're going to look at this giant bleeding blister on your foot, and you're going to have to expend your own time and energy to try to take care of that. Exactly. Yeah, it's different. And that's a major, major challenge. Yeah. And, and you know, there's a lot of different types of support when you're out there with a crew, um, whether that's nutritional, emotional, um, or physical. And, when you're going self-supported, that just comes back to haunt you a, a lot of times. Um, especially like injury maintenance for me was hard. You know, every single day I had to put up my legs. I was in my sleeping bag and I put up my legs and elevate them for an hour on like a rock or whatever was was pretty much the best medical attention I could give myself outside of taking anti-inflammatory pills. Um, and, you know, I didn't have the uh, I, I believe, was it Meltzer or was it, uh, Jurek who had the syringe where a doctor literally took a needle and, uh, into the foot and took out this blister deep beneath the tissue, um, which allowed, I forget which one of them was to, to continue running, but those kind of injuries, you know, you don't have the support crew and you're also stopping into town and getting all your own food. You're picking up all your own water in streams, um, there's a lot of logistical components in it, especially when you get out fresh out of a trail town carrying 25 pounds uh, mm-hmm. of food and, and right. supplies on your back. Instead of a maybe most a half day, depending on when your crew can, when you're going to cross the road and your crew can pick you up. So you, you can run. You have this day pack on. Well, if you're going self-supported, you're carrying three days worth of food plus all your sleeping cooking gear. Yeah, that, exactly. Let's look at the times here. So you still took 10 hours off of Carl Meltzer's time. And I should note three and a half days off the previous self-supported FKT on the F on the AT going another direction. And then Carl took four days off of you and everybody else on top of that. So you and Carol have an interesting relationship. So you do the PCT, he does the PCT, you do the AT, he does the AT. So one looks like he's following you around trying to get after you, but talking to him, it sounds like you're very cooperative and you're good friends. Yeah, I would say we're actually pretty good friends. <laughs> we shoot each other messages every once in a while, cheering each other on for whatever we're doing. Um, and I believe also the self-supported record was Heather Anderson's time of, of 54 days, if I'm not mistaken. So oh. it was about a nine, nine difference between the supported and, and self-supported. Although I think Joey Campanelli came in a little bit later. Um, right. For the and, times. And so make sure listeners, make sure you go to the, uh, our website, fastestknowntime.com because everything's on there. It makes it a lot easier to look at. And so, one can just click on the AT uh, uh, Appalachian Trail under Roots and find the, the history of every FKT on the Appalachian Trail. Um, yeah, and, uh, and, good, and good, Carol and I are good call on Heather, by the way. Yeah, and she's amazing too. Uh, the, my favorite thing about anyone looking to learn more about the Appalachian Trail or real PCT FKTs is pretty much everyone who's who's done them are, are stand-up quality individuals. So um, I have a hard time not getting along with, with anyone else out there um, spending their time out uh, and, uh, and, and going after a big record like this. Excellent. And uh, a big record indeed. And you have a video on this topic coming out here uh, 
shortly. Apparently, it's a video that's going to be released this Thursday. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I uh, I'm so excited for for this. I I spent I have days worth of of self footage with a GoPro, <laughs> um, which most of it honestly I I haven't even looked at 99% of it because it's very painful to watch self footage, especially with some of my terrible narration. But luckily, I have a really good friend uh, who produces and owns his own film company who was willing to go through days worth of self footage for me um, and put it into a, a documentary. So it's about 15 minutes long. Um, it's a very personal and sort of raw story. Since everything is self footage, it doesn't have, um, you know, it, it, I guess since it, since it's all self footage, it really focuses on narrating the Appalachian, my Appalachian trail journey, um, from my firsthand account, whether that's, uh, you know, food resupplies the my general progression along the trail, um, some of the psychological, uh, as well as physical challenges you see when you're out there, I, think he just did such an amazing job piecing things together and, and creating this amazing, uh, amazing movie out of it. That's coming out exactly as you said, um, on this Thursday on the 21st. Great. And 15 minutes, that's tight. I mean, that's anyone can watch that and it gives a true view of what it looks like, what it feels like the AT again, 2,189 miles, probably the best known single trail in North America, very competitive FKT. And for 45 straight days, you did 50 miles a day, as we discussed, taking care of yourself. So this is going to be a good video. I think it will be, too. And I, the funniest thing about it is I, I always have a hard time describing and, and being really intimate about my experiences on the Appalachian Trail because it's it's hard to talk about 45 days worth of experiences uh, with anyone, because <laughs> that's way too much for, for any one person, way more than anyone has time for. But, you know, I, I think the video does it justice in showing just how challenging and, and remote and really, really just different something like that is. Mm -hmm. And the AT is within a day's drive of, what, 80 million people. And yet when you're out there, it doesn't feel that way. No, it does not. <laughs> yeah, it's, you could use it's, one or two, actually, couldn't you? Yep. <laughs> and you you know all about you know getting out in the wilderness with your JMT background and everything. So uh, you know it's it's hard not to love being out, getting real trail running in, and um, and and sort of living living your best life or, or living a great adventure for what it is. Mm -hmm. Well. My JMT was a little less than 45 days, and, I was, uh, <laughs> and my Colorado Trail was still not that long. It was 11. 45 is a lot. 45 it is a lot. Show. That's a commitment. <laughs> uh, that's, that's impressive. So uh, we've – Craig, my cohort here, has seen the video. He says it's excellent. I haven't seen it yet. I look forward to see it. And on our website, fastestknowntime.com, we're going to put a big spread on that. This podcast episode will give all the links to where one can download and view the video, and hopefully we'll put up a little article on this. So I really recommend everyone take a look at the website so they so you can have a look at at your video. Fifteen minutes is easy. Everyone should watch this. That's my hope. <laughs> and I believe it's a free release, is it not? Yep, it'll be all on YouTube. So we'll be releasing it on YouTube for anyone and everyone to see. Um, you know, really, it's 
for me, I'm I'm very much a part of the uh, like amateur ethos of, of you know just trying to share and, and create these communities and connections, and um, I'm just hoping people check it out because I, I think it's fascinating. All right, and it's way easier than spending 45 days in the AT. <laughs> exactly, this is efficient. But if you want to go and, and run the whole thing yourself, my uh, my words of advice: go for it. Okay, well, two <laughs> options there. Take your. <laughs> let's let's keep uh, talking about the self-supported aspect. Um, it, are you going to continue with self-supported? Or are you going to migrate to supported? What does this look like for you? I, it's a very, yeah, great question, Buzz. You played stump, stump the string bean and you might've won. Um, I love doing it self-supported. That being said, it's incredibly hard to be self-supported for a long trail like that, just because you really have to isolate. It's like forced isolation from, um, from other people around you. And I think I will go after, uh, definitely go after self-supported attempts in the future for the most part with, you know, a, an even mix of, of supported attempts, you know, like I've always wanted to go and do the, the, um, John Muir trail, the Wonderland trail, the long trail, um, a bunch of those, you know, short enough that you don't have to commit yourself to months without, intentional human contact with anyone, <laughs> which is a, which is a tall order, especially I'm recently engaged and will be married to, uh, my lovely fiance in June. And wow, you, you heard it first. Uh, good, great <laughs> announcement, Joe. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, it's having, having and starting a, a serious relationship like that and having done the Appalachian trail, having even dated Katie for so long, it, it was definitely difficult right? For both of us. Um, and as well as all the other relationships in my life to be self-supported just because people want to be a part of your experience and share your experience. And it's, it's sometimes odd to tell people no and say, no, you can't be part of this experience. This is truly personal at the end of the day. Um, so I, I'm myself torn on, you know, self-supported and I guess I'm self-supported in, uh, in philosophy, but I, I would love the, you know, I think I'll probably end up doing a lot, a lot of supported attempts going forward. That's a very thoughtful response. And hopefully the listeners picked up on that. Indeed, Heather, who we had on a few months ago, she said something similar. So the people with a lot of experience, a lot of very high credibility like yourself, are shying away from the self-supported because it's, it, it has a certain artificial construct to it. In other words, ideally, it makes perfect sense. It's very pure in that sense of the word. But if you're getting married, if you have a wife or husband, if you have family, then then you're saying no, because the rules are fairly strict. In order for us you know, at, at FKT.com to classify it as self-supported or unsupported, people have to meet those guidelines. So it's a level playing field, right? So everyone gets Absolutely. to compete apples to apples, oranges to oranges. And the question does come up, as you just asked, do you really want to do that? Or is it more reasonable and natural to go supported? And supported doesn't, then supported is very interesting, Joe, because it could 
go from race level support, you know, where someone's yeah. just meeting you every three hours and mewling for you, et cetera, et cetera, to, you know, I kind of like my friends to participate and stay in touch and see what we're doing. So I think your yeah. response is very thoughtful. I think people should be aware that supported does not mean in any degree lesser than self-supported. In some cases, it could just mean more logical. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a really tough question, right? Because you could see supported being, you could see the supported style becoming just an arms race of who has the most sponsorship dollars and the most mules and the most uh, ultimately just resources to be able to do something like that. Because truly having done both, it it makes a big difference, right? Like when I was being self-supported, I would stop for two hours in a trail town. I was eating, you know, thousands of less calories than I should have been per day at times. I was, you know, if there was a thunderstorm, I was sleeping in it, or I was trying to, you know, jam myself in a crowded, um, a crowded shelter. So it's, it really, to me, doing something self-supported is, is the ultimate extreme, I guess, vision of these long distance trails attempts. But exactly like you mentioned, you know, I think running for me is something that's ultimately community driven. You know, that's one of the greatest things about ultra running is the community you found yourself in and to shy away from that and to not, to not accept that at the same time, you know, is, is sort of losing out on another part of the experience you could have. That's brilliant. Community driven. And if you shy away from that, to have the so-called purest style, then you're giving up one of the main components of the uh, experience. Exactly. Hmm. Hmm, hmm. Well, last May, you set the FKT in the Wicklow round in a supported style. And of course, they have, they're very particular about their style over there, too, aren't they? Would they you want to, yeah, let's, well, this is a great convo. Let's well, tell us how they want this to be done. So, uh, well, first off, I love the whole round concept. And I hope, I hope we get some rounds in the US at some point. Ah, <laughs> um, good, good. Well, let's just mention that. So, a round which is a purely UK terminology is, is when they link up summits and so you're just going around taking whatever route you want, as long as you tag each summit. Is that correct? Exactly. So it's, it's sort of like peak bagging, uh, peak bagging for dummies. So you can take whatever <laughs> route you want. You can take roads. If you want, you can take trails, you can go through backcountry. And the beauty of doing it something in somewhere like the UK is there's so much fells running that, you know, there may be 26 different peaks you have to do in a place like the Wicklow round. However, most paths are, you know, lacking major forestation and, and vegetation, meaning if you want to, you can take the most direct route, but whether or not that means you're going to have a slow slog through bogs, or you can take the longer route around a road or an actual trail. Um, it, it's a fun challenge because there's an additional orienteering component. Right. Right. And does the Wicklow round have particular stylistic requirements? Yeah. So they, um, they sort of limit your, uh, I guess, navigation and how, and how you navigate yourself and, and make it rather old school. First off, um, it's upheld by the IMRA, which is the Irish mountain running association. And they have someone who sort of oversees. So I was actually given a, you know, normally you'd record all your own, uh, splits and checkpoints and GPS spots. They gave me their own tracker. Um, it requires you to go to the top of each peak 
um, and follow those peaks exactly. Uh, and they also sort of limit your electronic navigation and what you use for that. So you cannot use like a GPS uh, like map or, or directional materials. So, you know, I relied a lot on like a scouting trip that I did the day before uh, and scouting reports that had been done as well as extensive reading and understanding of the actual geography. Um, and lastly, you know, an actual physical map um, and a sort of predetermined route that I had that I had established for myself um, to follow that route. So you have to learn about the country. And of course, you can't really question their uh, requirements because they've been doing this for 100 years. <laughs> That's true. They go back farther than farther than what was it, 1991? Uh, something like that. I, right. I don't ask. The me, uh, I, I do not know how far back they go. No, when did when did you guys start start the FKT movement? Wasn't that 1991? Oh no, it was after that. No, the JMT, oh, it was after that. Yeah, the JMT was 2000. Oh wow, I was way off. Yep. Yeah. So they go. They, they go. I mean, that, that was a long more. time ago, right? Uh, <laughs> it was. It was a long <laughs> <ago>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think in the UK, fell running predates that a little bit, don't they? A, just a little bit. Just. A little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have they have a lot of really interesting ultra endurance stories in the UK for anyone listening of, of kind of like, I think it's bipedalism or whatever that term is of people doing crazy walking or, or running, uh, endurance activities way before they were popular or anyone had any kind of social media or, or real social like sharing platform. Now with a last name of McConaughey, were you an honorable, uh, honorary Irishman in uh, Wicklow? <laughs> I think I was an honorary Irishman for sure. Ian Keith, who's a legend in the um, Irish running community, mountain running community, he's been in a bunch of of national races and um, international, like national championships and international races. Um, he was nice enough, really, to take me under his wing, and and I became incredibly close with him. A lot of the best scouting tips I got were actually from Ian Keith, who held the record before me, um, and so I broke his record while he was looking on from a distance, which is just a really exhilarating thing to, to think about, to have someone, you know, take you under, under their wing, sort of as an apprentice, um, to break their own record <laughs> is, is a lot to ask for from someone. And I felt very welcomed by the, by the community. There was one, uh, slip up with a actual touching of, of the correct peak, um, which one or two people had apparently questioned, which I didn't really hear too much about, but, um, there were, there were no FKT is without controversy. I had slapped, you know, the top of the third to last peak or fourth to last peak and had ran down only to realize that I'd gone to the South peak instead of the North peak. And the North peak was the one that counted. Um, <laughs> so a few people were, were grilling me after that about, uh, about which peak did I actually go to, um, but I, I just had such a good time and really felt connected to to Ireland and the community. And, and being a McConaughey, it was it was fun to live live in your roots a little bit. And that's classic FKT action when the person who holds the existing record is coaching the person who hopes to break it. That's 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 a, what a great sport it is. It truly is. Um, I actually watched a surfing movie the other night. And it was the exact opposite. It was people oh. throwing people throwing elbows. I mean, it was uh, <laughs> fist fights. It, uh, it was it was a little ugly. So I think yeah. we all appreciate your community driven approach. So let's uh, wind this up by 
asking you straight up. Of course, you don't have to tell what's next. Now, I ask this to a lot of everyone. I, I always say, what's next for you? And some people don't want to tell because, you know, they, <laughs> someone else can come and poach their project, you know. But we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll just get your response. What, what are you thinking, Joe? I have a few ultras lined up. Um, that's the priority. I, the the project that I've had in the back of my mind, which I don't, I'll, I'll see. So verdicts, jury's still out on this one, but um, that I keep that I keep coming back to is sort of going after the uh, 100 mile record on a track, which is a pretty hilariously opposite experience of uh, AT or, or PCT FKTs. <laughs> it is. Wow, that's ambitious. <laughs> Sky's the limit. But <laughs> so, well, I, I appreciate that comment. <laughs> Please, uh, everyone, go to the website and check out uh, Joe's excellent video. And I should note this discussion of the UK is so stimulating that next week's podcast is with Matt Lafort, a resident of Andorra, and it's all about EU. So the entire podcast is about the FKT scene that's currently taking place in Europe. So we'll get to find out how their style is quite a bit different than the style that we've developed here. I'm going to have to listen to that one. Excellent. So <laughs> uh, congratulations again, and uh, not only on your FKTs, but on your very thoughtful, community-driven approach. I think that provided people with a, its own type of inspiration. Because I, I'm not going to go take a crack at the AT, but your community-driven approach is inspirational because we can all participate in that. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's great to hear, Buzz. And I think ultimately that's where I hope the sport continues to go, right? I don't want to be, I don't want uh, trail running or ultra or FKT culture to turn into what you, what it sounds like you described in that surfing video. <laughs> <laughs> no one's throwing elbows on the way up. No one's breaking kneecaps with a hundred miles to go on the hundred mile wilderness. <laughs> okay. Probably not. Uh, Joe, congratulations again. Thank you for sharing your thoughts and we look forward to staying in touch. Awesome. Thank you so much, Buzz. And uh, for anyone listening, you can, you can follow it, follow it on Instagram at the string dot bean uh, or check out. I'm recently, recently launching a website at uh, the string co. So uh, if, if you want to, if you want to follow along. The string, the stringbean.co. Yep, exactly. Very good. Congratulations, Joe. Awesome. Thank you so much, Buzz. I hope you've gotten some good ideas for your next big run. Subscribe to this podcast so you can find out what's cool every week. It will be delivered to you each Friday. And definitely go to fastestknowntime.com to read the notes from this show and ask questions or make comments on what you've heard today. There are FKTs being reported daily that are incredible, but you maybe have never heard of them. So stay up on what is happening on this website and follow us on Twitter, the Gram, and Facebook. Many people have thanked us for this work, and you can too by clicking support this site at the bottom of the webpage. Tune in next Friday. It's going to be fast and good.